Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Hey, JC, that's not, that's actually just my camera. That's not, mm-hmm. there we go. <laughs> One more. There you go. Yay! <laughs> Uh, Chris Ann dropped the ball and didn't get things running on Instagram, so JC's going to hop up and do do it for me. There we are. Uh, we are now running live on Instagram. Glad to see everybody with us finally. Glad to see everybody in our YouTube chat room, also on Facebook. JC, we've been getting uh, quicker followers at Facebook when the show publishes lately than than YouTube. Remember, everybody, hit your thumbs up when you come in. Make sure that you go ahead and share, share, share right away. The sooner you share, the the sooner our numbers will go up and you are helping us uh, get the message out because you know that Instagram, uh, that, uh, excuse me, that uh, YouTube is not going to be helping us. So thank you for that. Also share on, share your Facebook as well. Well, hey, JC, I don't know if you saw this, but the ghost of Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is getting a uh, an award today. Or I guess she got an award. Uh, this was announced today anyway. Uh, let me put that up there for everybody. There we go. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is to be awarded this year's Liberty Medal. See, why is that? That is so annoying. So uh, let me put this back down. Ruth Bader Ginsburg to be awarded this year's Liberty Medal. The Liberty Medal comes from the National Constitution Center. Now, just to remind everybody, because I got a lot of tweets on this today, you know, with the the angry face. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, it's the Liberty Medal. And uh, just to remind you that this is the same Liberty Medal that was given to Hillary Clinton in 2013 by Jeb Bush. I wonder how many people remember that happened. I think this is just one of those things that goes to show the whole... This was one of the things that actually helped me show some people, wake people up to see that the the Republican-Democrat false distinction, right? You've got Jeb Bush giving Hillary Clinton... The National Constitution Center's Liberty Medal. Uh, I guess it, yeah, I thought it was 2013. Yeah, 2013. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's funny because in his speech for Hillary Clinton, he talks about how wonderful she is, what a great person she is, what a, what a great uh, con- contribution she's made to society. Jeb Bush drooling all over Hillary Clinton, giving her, Hillary the Clinton, you know, what difference does it make anyway, lady, right? Let's let our soldiers die in Benghazi, Liberty Medal person. You know, there are still people who think the Clintons and the Bushes are on separate sides. No way. Yeah. You know people like that? Yeah, I've encountered them. You've encountered them. You know exactly know them, them, right? Right. That is crazy. That is crazy. Uh, Bushes. Well, <laughs> Obama's in the mix now, too. I mean, they're all... The Bushes are, are friends with everybody po- politically. I, I think that... Not everybody. 
Not everybody. Well, they don't like Donald Trump, do they? No, they don't. They don't like Trump. Who else don't they like? They probably don't like Chris Ann Hall. Oh, yeah, but I'm not political, so mm. I don't I don't put myself in that kind of little category. I don't even fit there. They certainly don't like me, but I'm not I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. So So this is award this award is similar to the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Or the Nobel Prize. <laughs> yeah. No, they're or all kind of in the same, yeah, cate- yeah, same yeah, yeah, category yeah, yeah. of yeah. meaninglessness. Meaninglessness. Well, or at if least you, not the meaning that's that's advertised. Put it that way. Well, it has its own meaning. Okay. And which has nothing I, to do I, with I liberty. Got, I'm going to jump that out there for you, JC. The Liberty Medal coming from the National Constitution Center has just about as much meaning as the National Constitution Center has to the Constitution. Clearly. How's that? Clearly. Clearly. So uh, you would think if you're giving something. Uh, If you're called the National Constitution Center and you're giving away something called a Liberty Medal that you might want to vet the recipients. And, and, you know, I I think maybe your analogy to the Nobel Peace Prize is probably more accurate than than to the Oscars, because even though the Oscars are really political and and people pay marketing people to lobby the Oscar award winners, the Oscar judges to to make a vote. Those people are actually actresses and actors making movies. Um, these people have nothing to do with the Constitution or liberty. Right. Right? So it's like oh, President Obama gracious. getting the Nobel Peace Nobel Prize. Peace Prize. Right. That's <laughs> see, that's why I said had not even had not even been elected yet. He wasn't even he wasn't even the president. Yet. Yeah. Uh, and then proceeded to get us in, I think, at least six more overseas conflicts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not to mention, <laughs> you know, it was his administration <laughs> that issued the white paper saying we can assassinate American citizens anywhere on it the planet. Was. Mm-hmm. Peace Prize. Yeah. Assassinate people. I, I covered that. That was crazy. Yeah. yeah. So just as a housekeeping reminder to those of you who are watching on YouTube, if you have not already been booted off YouTube, you will expect it. When you are booted, you ha- just just come back. It's their new way to throttle us because, you know, that's why it's important that you share when you come into YouTube. You share it out there. So just so you know, if you're going to come in and, and, and get truth from us, you have to be persistent. Uh, in a way, it kind of weeds out the people that are just, you know, here to, to make fun or not here seriously. We are here for serious learners. We are a teach show and not a talk show. Uh, ready for our our one of our Twitter moments of the day, JC? Uh, yeah, and I see people talking about they didn't know differences. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I had my awakening. Oh, I didn't know any. I didn't know until I knew. Yeah, right. Sure. We sure. all have to have some kind of an awakening. Right. When did your awakening happen? Do you have a year to it? I. Uh, I was gonna. I was gonna spend a. Actually, we're going to do a separate show about oh, our, our individual awakening. Are okay. Well, well, when it, should we do that tomorrow? But I can say it was under. It, it was uh, Ross time of Ross Perot. Perot. <laughs> so, but anyway, you were gonna. You were should pointing we do out, that tomorrow? You were no? pointing okay. out something. 
Oh, are uh, you uh, one of our first Twitter moments of the day? What we have is a CNN reporter. Uh, where's our video here? A CNN reporter talking about a fiery but mostly peaceful protests. So I, I just thought that I thought that was funny because in his video he talks about how the pe- the protests have been mostly peaceful in Kenosha. What? <laughs> <laughs> While that's he's, the picture? And that's the scene that he's standing in front of. And this is not The Onion? Uh, no, I mean, no, this no, no, no. This is actually CNN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. CNN. This is a CNN reporter. They are a parody of themselves. Yes, yes. And I, and of course, in my Twitter, in my tweet, I said, you keep using that word peaceful. I don't think you, that word means what you think it means. <laughs> Little princess what, what no Princess Bride. I would say Princess Diary. That's a completely different movie. Princess Bride throwback. And, and I'm just wondering, how do these people, JC, how do, how, do, how do they do this? See, this is where the this is where this is where the Oscar should go. <laughs> this is where the Oscar should go. Do they actually do you think that CNN and these news channels actually recruit these days from you know, Juilliard and in the places where y- you, you go to fine arts acting schools and yeah, stuff. Yeah, maybe. Because you really need to be. Well, look at the department. It's look like at the he was DNC. on the wrong set. Yeah, yeah. He, no, look, no, The no. wrong green <laughs> screen behind him, right? Yeah. He didn't realize that that was no, what no, they this were This is the riot scene. <laughs> this is not the mostly peaceful scene. But this you had. This is the neighborhood behind you on fire scene. <laughs> He's a, it's a green screen. He can't even actually see what it is, so he doesn't know. It's just all green for everybody. So, but you know, we had the Democratic National Convention, and the hosts and the MCs of the show were all actors. They were all actors. You know, I, I stumbled over that word actor because I think that this is just one of those little Chris Ann Hall asides. Um, you know, you have all of this. Don't label me. Don't make he, she, you know. And I don't know if you've seen this, JC. You, you don't spend a lot of time on Twitter, do you? I do not. Okay. So when you follow a, a person of a liberal persuasion on, on Twitter, they in their little bio, I noticed that they, they're all putting this parenthetical in there that says he, yeah, yeah. him, or she, her, he, I've seen she. That. You've seen that, right? So I, I, I'm wondering, because Hollywood is full of these people. Yeah. Why do they so liberally adopt the word actor? You see, if you call a woman an actress, you're going to trigger her. She's going to get crazy. But then in the same breath, they're complaining about living in a patriarchal society. So why wouldn't they make everybody adopt the term actress instead of falling back and everybody becoming an actor? Right. Or why don't they invent some whole new word like acted, right? <laughs> I'm an acted. I'm, I'm an act something, right? Why, why is it that the women are okay with be calling act? No, I'm an actor. Don't call me an actress. Okay. But you're a woman, and and don't label me. But see, this is <laughs> see this is the whole problem that these people have because when you tell so many lies, you can't keep them up. And lying yeah. about who you are is the hardest one to keep up with, right? Yeah. Don't identify me. I'm an actor. What? 
I, I don't I don't get that. And then I'm beat in the head because I actually quote the Declaration of Independence, right? We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And they're like, see, see, you believe and you you subscribe to the patriarchal mentality and you you promulgate the prisons of women and, you know, you, you put women in a box. Well, you call yourself an actor. See, I don't want to be put in those kind of situations. I, I Why do you call yourself an actor? I think there's actually laws against putting a women, woman in a box. Oh, yeah. That's a movie about that, right? Nobody puts baby in the back kind of thing. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, anyway, maybe I've been watching too many 80s, 90s flicks lately and, and seeing what, what comedy used to be. What is funny today? I don't even know what is allowed to be funny today. Because who was the, who's the comedian now, uh, the black guy who's getting in trouble for being funny? Uh, doesn't his name begin with a C or something? Dave you know Chappelle. Yeah. Chappelle, yeah. So uh, you're not allowed to be funny anymore. Because everything that's actually funny is making fun of ourselves. Making right. fun of human behavior. Making fun of people. Right? And so now I'm in trouble if I make fun of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the ghost of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, because you know, she's gotten you, her Liberty Award. If Give you make fun break. of non-leftists, that's that's okay. Oh, that's what they say is okay. Yeah, yeah, because you can destroy the first lady. Right. You can make fun of her, but if you make fun of uh, what's her name? The rap lady, Carly, Cardi, Cardi B. Cardi B. Yeah, that's the thing today. Oh my goodness, that's yeah. I saw that on Twitter. I didn't even want to do that. Somebody tweeted out that uh, uh, we need more women like the first lady and less women like Cardi B. Uh-huh. Ah, can I just tell you? I had no idea who Cardi B was, and then I started following that little narrative to see what was going on. She's a vile individual. Okay, that's the very word that came to my mind. Yeah. Was vile. Vile, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I don't think there is a better descriptive word for Cardi B than vile. And yet, I bet the liberals would be having their legs tingle if if she actually was the first lady instead. She she even responded. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She responded defending herself by being vile. By being vile. (laughs) So her response kind of proved... The tweet in the first place. Yeah, yeah, so, she is. She is know. vile, vile, yeah, vile. Skank. It was a good word. Skank. skank. Thanks, for hadn't cousin. Heard, cousin Rob. I've heard that wa- that in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. Good one. Yeah. So hey, now the uh, in our in our mask moment. Our mask moment is actually just a is a is a c word moment. I'm not going to say the c word today. I'm going to see if the the that'll be our code word now. The c word. The C word or or nineteen, <coughs> we could call it nineteen. Yeah, yeah. that's that'd be nineteen. Better. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because <laughs> we just left the vile thing behind, and yeah. now Chris Ann's different, naively different running word. into the whole C word, right? So we'll call it nineteen, right? So our our Twitter moment is about nineteen, and what we have now is the CDC changed their mind mm-hmm. again. Again, it's now, not the first time. No, it's not the first time. They change their minds about the, the, the diapers that go on your face. They change your minds about, oh, they change their mind about um, asymptomatic people 
Oh, but that was who? That wasn't the CDC. There was the CDC adopting who, and then who changing their mind, and then the CDC changing. It's their been mind. all three of them. It's NIH, yeah. CDC, who? Yeah. yeah. The whole time, it's just, and that's the whole thing. So you've got all these policies, dogmatically, tyrannically telling you what to do, dictating your behavior. Yeah, the and local the people governments. there, and, and while at the same time saying we need a president who listens to the experts. So this, and then the same experts that they're referring to have changed their story over and over and over again throughout this entire thing. And so here they go again. Yeah. So. But yet we're held accountable to the experts who can't make up their freaking mind. Right. Well, I, I've I've called them the 19. I use that other word, but I call them the 19 cult because that's what they are. They're they're cults. And so the CDC said has says now if you've been in close contact of a person with 19 uh, for at least 15 minutes, but do not have symptoms. You do not necessarily need a test unless you are a vulnerable individual or your health care provider or state or local public health officials recommend you, right? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the thing you got going on now. Now the CDC says that. Boom, JC. All the cultists lost their stinking minds over this. Yep. Because you're supposed to follow the experts, and now the experts said something that doesn't go along with their agenda. We're no longer supposed to follow the experts. They're obviously partisan. This was obviously Trump making them say this. Just So, come on. So, it actually exposes uh, what their true intent is anyway. So, when they say, you got to listen to experts because they're experts. Well, clearly, that's actually not your motivation. That's not the basis because the experts just said this. And now you're rejecting it because you can no longer do what you really want to do. So Taryn Reinbold. Which is make money, cash in on the 19. That's where I'm going. Taryn Reinbold, thank you so much for your super chat. Taryn says, thank you for continuing to teach. My kids and I have learned so much from you. Very much appreciated. Taryn, we appreciate your super chat support. We appreciate parents who educate their children Mm -hmm. on truth, right? So you have this, JC, this this new flip-flop by the CDC. And you, you pointed out, hey, look. The Trump made me do it, right? <laughs> Trump made me do it. Well, guess what? The CDC director has now jumped in and said, uh, clarifies the change in the 19 testing guidelines after backlash, right? So here's the Hill. The director for the CDC uh, on Thursday issued a clarification of the earlier guidance on 19 testing, days after a quiet change sparked protests from the scientific and medical (coughs) communities. Uh, Robert Redfield uh, said those who come in contact with confirmed or probable 19 patients could be tested themselves, even if they don't show symptoms of the virus. He says, look, And I think this is the guy going, look, are you guys dumb? Do you have some kind of reading comprehension problem? Because here's what it is. Uh, Let me let me sort of flip back here really quick to show you once again. Oh, well, that was sort of stupid. What what this says, he says, if you've been in close contact with within six feet of a person with 19 for at least 15 minutes, but do not have symptoms, you do not necessarily Need a test until you are a vulnerable individual, unless you're a vulnerable individual, your health care provider or state or local public officials recommend you to, right? He's like, are you guys dumb? 
Are you really that stupid? He actually says testing is meant to drive actions and achieve specific public health objectives. Everyone who needs a 19 test can get one. Everyone who wants a test does not necessarily need a test. The key is to engage the needed public health community in the decision with the appropriate follow-up action. So what you have now is, and, and, and this is, you said it, JC, you boil it down to money, right? You've got all of these draconian rules created by the county because they get kickbacks for all the testing that they do. Drive everybody to the tests. And if you have the CDC saying, well, you know, I mean, if you're asymptomatic, why in the world would you even go get a test? And the counties are going, no! And the doctors are going, no! Why do you think the doctors in the science community are freaking out because the CDC is saying, if you're not sick, don't get a test? Because the hospitals and the doctors get money when you take a test. Do you think these people are, are, are working in these testing facilities for free? Do you think the hospitals are donating portions of their hospital as a testing facility out of the goodness of their hearts? They're philanthropists of some kind? Give me a stinking break. There's, there, ask, help me with this, Jason. Do you think there is an industry in America today? And I would say globally, but let's just, you know, be fair and say in America. Is there an industry in America today that makes more money than pharmaceuticals? Probably not. Maybe the only thing that came to my mind was entertainment. But I don't think they come close to the money that the pharmaceutical industry makes. And when you talk about the pharmaceutical industry, you have to include hospitals and doctors because hospitals and doctors make money from the pharmaceutical companies. Go back a couple weeks and watch the show where I show how Congress has written a law that says doctors that prescribe drugs that are bought by the federal government get a, are you ready, commission for, for giving out those drugs. Uh, where, where, is, where is the logic in that, JC? Why would a doctor get a commission for writing yeah. a prescription? No. That is wicked. Am I the only one that thinks that's completely immoral and no, you're, wicked? You remember the conversation we had with, with my dad and and Marie. Remind me when they ran, when they uh, ran the clinic. So my dad is a my dad's a PA, right? He's a doctor. Ran a clinic in uh, in in Texas at the time, and I th- I think he said it was Pfizer. I want to say it was Pfizer, one uh, of the drug companies. Pfizer America. I'm pretty sure things. it was Pfizer, and they have they're big, big. So there was Fiverr, Pfizer, essentially sales representative. I think he used the term sales. Well, because which they, is that's bizarre. what they have. No, no, no. The pharmaceutical companies have sales reps. Yeah. Their reps make huge money. So I actually he, went to college with a girl right. who became one of those. But sales my dad reps. talked about at their clinic how they would. They would just show up, cater lunch, and I mean, they just no, like his clinic alone, vacation, pouring in thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Here's here's some food. Here's lunch. Let's cater the whole office. Oh, whatever, just to in, encourage them and giving samples. This was the thing that the samples came with it too. Yeah, for for you to prescribe, you know, this drug, whatever. 
So it's like, you know, the it's they're like literally pushers, like your dope man on the street. Mm-hmm. Pushing these things and trying to um, essentially bribe the doctor's office for, I mean, I mean, imagine you're the doctor and you get this, you know, big spread mm-hmm. every day of your lunch bought for you year round. All you got to do is prescribe. Right. It's a pretty good benefit. Well, and that's they, the least that. of what right, you get. That is like that. the least of food is the least yeah. of what you get. Not to mention, again, that you get a commission from the federal government and the pharmaceutical companies for prescribing those. Yeah. Right. So if you are a clinic that deals with Medicaid patients and you you have drugs that you prescribe to Medicaid patients, you get a, a doctor gets a kickback. Uh, anywhere from four to six percent kickback on the cost of those drugs. So if you're a doctor and you know you're going to get a four to six percent kickback on the Medicaid drugs you get, are you going to prescribe a drug that costs, you know, three hundred dollars a dose, or are you going to prescribe the same drug that does the same thing for three dollars a dose? Yeah. Right, because everybody's spending somebody else's money. Right. If that kickback was coming out of the pharmaceutical companies, they wouldn't be doing that. If the doctor actually had to, you know, the the patient had to buy those drugs, they'd be like, no, man, give me the three dollar drug. It does the same thing. I don't want the three hundred dollar drug. So it all boils down to stealing once again, milk from the cow. Right. Stealing milk from the cow and and, and spending somebody else's money because it doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, just go back to that that. That phrase of of Thomas Paine's in his crisis number t- one, uh, December 23rd, 1776. What we achieve too easily, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness alone that gives everything its value. And free stuff, free stuff has no value. If you are not sacrificing for it, if you're not paying for it, you're not caring about it. I think that I think that that. That premise, that that full, that principle, is served true in in Section Eight housing mm-hmm. and things that we just give away. I, I, I don't know, crazy, crazy. I just wanted to talk about this one thing just quick before we get into the meaty, meaty stuff. Have you heard of Madison Cawthorn, JC? I have not. All right, so Madison Cawthorn came across my radar here recently. Madison Cawthorn is. Uh, running as a congressional candidate in North Carolina. He's a 24-year-old businessman, and I think he's going to knock, if he wins, he'll knock AOC out of her position as the youngest congressperson, okay? And he he is a guy, and I'm not, this is not, this is not a an endorsement of Madison Cawthorn in any way. I've not done anything to vet him, just be clear. But as I've been told and have I, as I've seen, he's one of these guys, uh, and I'm not saying he's like Marco Rubio and Adam Putnam, but he's one of these guys that can recite the founders and he, 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 he claims to be a constitutionalist kind of guy. He actually comes out of Mark Meadows' office, okay? So Mark is sometimes constitutional, sometimes not a lot of political, but anyway... So anyway, he was giving a speech uh, to try to motivate young people to get involved. 
And he says, if you don't think young people can change the world, then you just don't know American history. George Washington was 21 when he received his first military commission. Abe Lincoln, 22, when he first ran for office. And my personal favorite, James Madison, was just 25 years old when he signed the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, James Madison never signed the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I find hilarious is that all of the sudden... All the liberals are jumping all over Madison Cawthorn because he misspoke. I'm pretty certain, you know, given what I've seen about this guy, that he knows James Madison did not sign the the Declaration of Independence. But I've actually done that sometimes. You know, you have so many founding fathers in your mind and it slips out the other way. But you see, I want to know how many people in the Hill could identify the text of the Declaration of Independence if it was placed before them on a napkin, right? Yeah. So they're going to jump all over this guy somehow. And here's the thing. Somehow he is now uh, not worthy to be in office. Because he misspoke. Because he misspoke about the Declaration of Independence, a document that they hate anyway, a document that they couldn't identify anyway, about a man that they hate and want to take down his name off monuments and want to tear down his monuments. And George Washington, even, you know, I showed the uh, I have the picture on Twitter of them defacing George Washington's statue with the red paint. So yeah, this is this is manufactured indignation. Yeah. How totally fake. Dare he insult our Declaration of Independence? <laughs> Are you freaking kidding me? Ah, I don't know. So our. Our story, one of our stories today, comes out of uh, reason. And this is one of the stories, JC, that I was trying to get to a few days ago, but I wanted to talk about it anyway. I know you've read it. I saw you reading it when we first put it up here. But this has to do... outrageous. This has to do with qualified immunity. And this is actually one of those things that is, is, is a good thing, right? We don't want qualified immunity for negligent actions of anybody in government. Why would any... Uh, see, this is the thing that, that, that grabs me. If I am negligent in my business practice, JC, I don't get qualified immunity. There's actually a crime of negligent supervision where you are vicariously liable for the damages committed by your employee if you are negligent in the training of your employee and negligent in the safety or, or negligent in the maintenance of your equipment, you are guilty of crimes. You are guilty uh, in, in, in a civil sense. Why would we... I don't think most people even understand the definition. They hear it in, the, in this. Now it's been thrust into the context of... Police officers? Anti-police, BLM, you know... BLM support this, so I I must. Right, they're against it, so I must support it. That's like you hear you hear people take that approach. They don't even know what it means. I mean, qualified immunity is is literally saying uh, a government employee if a government employee violates your rights, you can't do anything about it. They're allowed to do that. That's qualified immunity. Right. Who who could possibly support that notion? Well, but see, that's my point. Why would we carve out? The very segment of our population that is supposed to be strictly governed by the people, mm-hmm. right? You, I, I, I don't have 
legally. And I understand the government assumes that I don't have legal control over my ba- neighbor's business. Right. If and but if my neighbor's business does something that harms me, I can sue them and hold them accountable. But the government are people that I have elected and trusted with a responsibility. And the very people that we choose to trust with a responsibility, we now hide and shield them from accountability for that responsibility. I, I don't I don't get that. It is such a kingly behavior, JC, such a kingly behavior. I wonder if how many people actually understand the origin of that term qualified immunity. I no, I just don't think people get it because I hear the people in the same breath would talk about lock Hillary up. Right. And then in the very next sentence. We can't get rid of qualified immunity. Right. What? Right. Qualified immunity means Hillary gets away with whatever she wants. Right. I mean, come on, let's be consistent. What are you what are they saying? So I really don't think people grasp what what this means. It's been thrust, as I said, into the context of police and BLM. And so, which seems like an ideological trap to me. Yes. So then people just run to their tribal partisan reactions without having a clue what they're even talking about. Right, right. So the origin of qualified immunity actually comes from kingdom rule. And when kings ruled, it was called sovereign immunity. Sovereign immunity literally translating into the king can do no harm, right? The king can do no harm. So what we did is we turned the king can do no harm into qualified immunity, which is supposed to make you feel better about it, right? Because it's qualified. It doesn't, there's, it's qualified in the sense that we're going to say it applies here, it doesn't apply there. Maybe there's a a criteria that has to be met for Mm -hmm. the immunity. But only that's not true. There's no real criteria that has to be met for qualified immunity. We've actually extended this qualified immunity to, to everything. So that if an elected official gets up and says something about a private citizen, oh, I don't know, maybe a sheriff stands up and says that church is, is endangering people's lives by enacting negligently and irresponsibly by having church instead of closing down because of 19. And the sheriff stands up in front of the crowd and says, uh, we're afraid to go to that church because that church has an arsenal of weapons, right? Qualified immunity says he cannot even be civilly liable Mm-hmm. For the da- damage is done by his statements as a public official. Yeah, so you see this. Um, I, and I'm not sure the question, uh, but yeah, I uh, saw it, JC, yeah, about about mon- money grabbers who sue cops for no good reason. Uh, no, that's not what qualified immunity is. No, but qualified, that's how it's framed. No, no, no. I think what it's the not. question is is if you without qualified immunity, how do you keep people from doing that? I can answer that question. You cannot keep people from filing frivolous lawsuits. If you keep people from filing, uh, okay, we're, our camera's gone off for just a second, but you can still hear us, so don't worry about it. So if the, uh, <laughs> if the uh, you cannot 
stop people from filing frivolous lawsuits because then what you do is you put the government in control of who can file lawsuits and who cannot file lawsuits. When you put them in control, then you put them in a situation where the government is in control of due process. Right. So what you have to do, what you have to do is make sure that you are allowing people to file lawsuits, but then you're allowing the lawsuits to be dismissed through the judicial process. Right. Right. So what you have then is a judicial process that is supposed to take place. I wonder how many people realize, JC, that judges are and juries are supposed to determine whether a lawsuit is frivolous or not. Mm -hmm. Judges and juries are supposed to be the ones who say uh, this lawsuit, that lawsuit and uh, is not allowed so we're going to to make sure that our lawsuits can be filed. Right. And especially against the government. There should be no gatekeeper at all. No gatekeeper at all to sue the government or to sue people in government. By the way, let me just clarify this little phrase up here, JC, because number one, people don't sue cops. There's no cops that are per that that generally speaking are personally sued. You sue the police department, mm -hmm. right? And in certain cases, you should be able to sue an officer individually for actions that happen outside their training outside so if i am if i'm a sheriff and all my officers have the best training that there is all my officers have the best instruction and we have best procedural uh, you know accountability in place great quality control right if my officers violate every policy violate every rule violate every training then guess what i shouldn't be held accountable the taxpayer shouldn't be held accountable, but the officer himself should be held civilly accountable. Yeah. So don't tell me about frivolous lawsuits because there should not be that kind of gatekeeper. But let's let's not lose sight of 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 the broader application here because this again this is where it's getting pigeonholed that it's all about police it's not, it's all, not about all about police every every single thing that you're that that you're saying that the the, the opponents or proponents for qualified immunity are saying uh to to allegedly defend police this applies to Every single government figure. So you, sh you should always think. You should always think of this is the way I think of it. If you're saying what police should be allowed to do with no consequences, insert Hillary Clinton. Right. It applies to her when she was in office as well. So you can't sit there and make an argument about holding Hillary accountable, and and then say, and then say you can't hold somebody else accountable. Right. It's right. the same thing. It's going to be applied the same way. So if way. you want Hillary to go to jail, 
if you want Hillary Clinton to be held accountable, then you're going to have to get rid of qualified immunity as well. And you're not talking about just accusations right. and suits. We, we've gone over this before on the show. Numerous suits that we have mentioned where the court literally finds, yes, these individuals violated a, the person's constitutional rights. Right. But we're not going to do anything about it because these guys are above the law. Right. Right. So the question comes That's up. That's ruling after ruling. Is a, is a prosecutor uh, allowed to dismiss a, dismiss a tort claim against a sheriff's department and a sheriff? No, that's not. The prosecutors are criminal. Tort claims are civil. But let me tell you how that happens, okay? What happens is that the prosecutors refuse to bring criminal charges against an officer and then what happens is that the that those who are involved in the tort claim then refuse to go forward with the tort claim or they use the lack of evidence in the in the criminal case to as a an excuse to dismiss not the prosecutor dismissing it, but the court itself to dismiss the tort claim. Yeah. So that's how that happens. I, I've seen that. I answered that question because I see that happen a lot, JC. People think that the prosecutors are dismissing court uh, tort claims. They're not. But the decisions that they're making in the criminal, to, to refuse criminal prosecution, is the decision that is being made, uh, used to dispose of the tort claim. So in this, in this article that we have here from Reason, no qualified immunity for Kentucky cops uh, who strip-searched a four-year-old and threatened a mom. Uh, we're at least making some progress here because you could, I, I'm sure you could find that the activity of this officer was outside the training, outside the scope of the training. So... Uh, this is this is something that is a step in the right direction. And I'm wondering, with qualified immunity, and I'm wondering, JC, do you think, because we've been talking about that, like you said, the part of the problem is is that people are pigeonholing qualified immunity into the police realm, but... No, this headline does it. Yeah. Even yeah. Reason's headline does it, because yeah. this is not just about a cop. Right. This also involved child protective services. Yes. This, invo yes. this involved... Numerous yeah. government yeah. That officials. is very true. Yet very the headline true. says cops because yeah. that's the thing. That's the context. Right. And so people only think about it in, in this police officer context. It's, yeah. it's, people are being manipulated. You guys, we have, to, we have to not dance to the tune of the lying media and even well-intentioned people like here at Reason. I mean, they're libertarian kind yes, of people. So but, they but have this sort click, of click. natural well, it's inclination it's the clicking thing. to be right in that in leaning in that direction mm -hmm. and make it all about cops. It's not just cops. Even this story's not just cops. Right, right. So I it's it really drives me up the wall how yeah. this is pigeonholed into that and then people can't think about it any other way. So well, I think good cops then they won't be willing to do their job. Look, we're talking about an instance in California where the officers literally robbed people, yes. lied about, uh, what was it, rare coins. Fresno, it was Fresno. Quarter of a million dollars worth of coins. Yep. Fresno, California. And the court said, yeah, yeah, that's wrong. That's, that's not typically a legal thing to do. But they can keep the stolen money because they're above the law, qualified immunity. 
Right. So what does that have to do with, well, good cops won't, won't want to do their job? So we're saying that's the justification for saying it's okay for people under the color of government employment to rob, kill, rape, steal, whatever they decide to do. Yeah. But because holding bad cops accountable might make good cops skittish. Really? You know, that's not That's e- the reasoning? That's not even a legitimate Come on. That's not an illegitimate argument. First you off, could, good cops aren't going to do that. What do they have to be scared about? Right. Do your freaking job. And it's not a legitimate argument anyway because you would have to say, well, doctors can be sued with frivolous lawsuits for malpractice. Yeah. So why, you know, so what would every doctor, you know, no doctors would want to practice because they could be sued. No, but by the way, but, that's the solution. Yeah. Our friend Joe has that. Mm-hmm. Make make each of the make Every officer get insurance and be bonded. Yeah, absolutely. Just like the doctor. Beer, you got to have malpractice. You got to have malpractice. And insurance. by the way, that would also keep uh, keep this cop sh- bad cop shuffling from happening. Yes, right. Because a guy, a guy who's legitimately a bad dude who has make made his way into you know into the ranks mm-hmm. of these officers does something bad, and then and then is kicked out of this department. They shuffle him off to another county, another state, and he gets to do the same thing over again. If you're bonded and insured, guess what? You're going to lose it. You're not going to be able to do that because you're going to lose that insurance yep. sooner or later. Well, lawyers have to have malpractice insurance. Yeah. Doctors have to have malpractice so the insurance. Right the med- everybody in the this. medical field, uh, psychiatrists, they all do. So even in even in that argument, well, good cops wouldn't want to do their jobs. You know, well, I, that 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 is an illegitimate argument because the reality does not play out it's, to that. It's you the have, opposite. You have good doctors that still do their jobs. You have good lawyers that still do their jobs. Uh, business owners can be sued. There's nothing to stop frivolous lawsuits against business owners. They still do their job. So Here, here's what actually it's an happens. unreasonable protection of a class of people. Correct. Who actually work for you in government who are supposed to be held accountable and we cannot carve out that portion of our population and say that you are above accountability. Yeah, so getting rid of qualified throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Getting rid of rid of qualified immunity, the issue is not discouraging good cops from doing their job. Yeah. Having qualified immunity emboldens bad guys. the bad apples yeah. to do what they do. And to, to, to do it with immunity so they do it it's it's like telling us you know a criminal you can do whatever you want and you'll never you'll never have accountability for yeah. that. You never get caught. And by the way, good cops want the bad yes. cops to be held accountable. Yeah, they do because they're sick of having their names tarnished by these people and the police unions covering for them. Yep. I, I Look, every I, I was a prosecutor for 10 years. I worked with with officers. Every officer knows who is the bad cop. They know it. Yep. They don't want to work with them. My goodness, you see movies about it all the time. Nobody wants to work for you, Joan, with you, Jones. Nobody wants to partner with you, Jones. They know this stuff, right? They know who the bad cops are. So you can't possibly say that this is some kind of mystery or some kind of surprise. And so having bonded insured officers, having accountability by removing qualified immunity is something that will eliminate these 
that will alleviate the good cop's anxiety of having these people around. In this story in Reason, JC, what you have, here's here's the facts. So Holly Curry uh, is a mom, right? And Holly Curry was on her way to uh, take her kids to karate class, and she stopped to pick up some muffins, okay? Mm And she left the kids in the car. She ran in the store to get some muffins. She came out, and there were two officers there who began to berate her for leaving kids in the car. Now, it wasn't 110 degrees. She left the air conditioning on, you know, the kids, and she was only in there for just a few minutes. They were not actually in any kind of danger. But then the police called the Child Protective Services. Yeah, later. Later. Because the yeah. police w- went on about their business. Right. So it wasn't, if it's so egregious, right, mm-hmm. then you would think you'd have done something right then. They did not. They left. They, they basically, uh, you know, dressed her down, right, mm-hmm. scolded her, and moved on. Yeah. And then surprise, surprise, a week later, here comes... Child Protective Services. Right, right. So here's the scenario, right? When the Child Protective Services caseworker worker arrived, uh, Holly refused to let her in the home without a warrant. Good job. No mm-hmm. way. No freaking way. The worker returned with a sheriff's deputy and no warrant. Mm-hmm. She still refused. They couldn't say, you can't enter without a warrant. They said, fine, we'll come back and put your kids in foster care. Mm-hmm. Now, she she begged them to allow her to call her husband. She wouldn't even, they wouldn't even let her call her husband and uh and she bullied their way bullied in. their way in the house, yeah. okay? Then they labeled it as voluntary consent. How many times have I said over and over and over again, never give permission. Mm-hmm. Say, look, you can go get a warrant. You may bully your way into my house, but you never have my consent. I'm going to tell you what, even if they show up with a warrant, and this is so important, even if they show up with a warrant, tell them you do not have my consent. You may execute your search based on the terms of your warrant, but you do not have consent. I wish people would, like, hang that by your front door, that language. You may execute your warrant no, based on the terms. May. No, I don't even use those words, you may. Just say, I do not consent, period. Yeah, but you, no, you execute the warrant on the terms of the warrant, but you do not have my consent. Yeah. Because otherwise. I'm not going to use the word may. Uh, right. Execute the warrant based on the terms of the warrant, but you do not have my consent. Those are words you need to memorize. But she, ga- she not knowing, gave in to the bullying. If that had been my house, I'd have been like, go on. You know what? Think if you can come back and take my children. You better bring a ham sandwich because we're going to be here all day. Nobody's taking my children. And then they took, they came in, they labeled it voluntary consent, and the caseworker insisted on strip searching each kid, removing their underwear and examining their private parts for abuse. Pedophile. Where is the stinking probable cause? This is pedophilia. These child protective service workers, the, the whole industry, 
There is proof of this. Yeah, they're infiltrated. Now, okay, there may be good child protective service workers, so you can, don't even have to put that in the chat room. But I'm my cousin's a child protective service Brigitte. Not the all CPS so workers are bad. Not all CPS workers are bad. Okay, get over yourself. There is more than enough evidence to show that these child protective service agencies are are flooded with these pedophiles. An right? anti-family. An anti-family. Uh, right. Whole, the whole bit. But I wanted to go back up here, JC. It you says, were told, we ran into somebody who said, uh, being in there, that their their goal, it was like this whole cabal of... Oh, yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to say too much, but they said their purpose was to take children, uh, children from quote-unquote normal families and put them in other families. Yes, so look at this, and, I, and I'm glad you pointed out this headline. No qualified immunity for Kentucky cops who strip-searched a four-year-old. The cops did not strip-search this four-year-old. There's another good point, yeah. The cops the did not strip-search this four-year-old. The cops stood by the cops while stood by. other government employees strip-searched the four-year-old. Right. So there's Child another point about it. everything's put into mm -hmm. th that whole context, which actually makes the headline even false. So, Paula Ferris, thank you so much for your super chat. Paula says, thank you for clarifying the sheriff issue. Sheriff offered me a settlement, but I was told by attorney not to accept because we wanted to go into court. Sheriff had a history of wrongdoing. Yeah, Listen to your attorney, your Paula. You got to, yeah, you got to stand up for that. Don't take settlements. If they're going to offer you a settlement, it's because they know they're going to lose. Right? Yeah. It, you know, I mean, you got to weigh that stuff with your attorney for sure because... Uh, every court case is a crapshoot, and you don't want to be that guy that creates bad precedent, right? But yeah. there, if you feel in your heart and you feel convicted, and and if you're a Christian, the Lord tells you go, then you got to go forward with that stuff. Don't yeah. take those settlements, especially if they're bad guys like that. Yeah, there's serious, and there's some sick people in in the child protective services, which is yeah, you know what a name. For that agency, when you then start to research and mm -hmm. discover all the stuff that they do, like no, it's exactly the opposite. Right, right. So but this ends up in uh, ends up in court, and well, a few months later, the caseworker closed the investigation as quote unsubstantiated, uh, saying that Holly uh, that what Holly had done was a one time oopsie daisy, and that's a quote from her report. But she telephoned Holly later and said, if, and threatened her, if we ever get a call against your family again, bad things will happen to you and we'll take their ch your children. Oh, heck no. Right. Right? Oh, heck no. Okay? At that point, she's like, oh, heck no. Right? Yeah. And she files a lawsuit. Immediately, they pressed, those in the government pressed for immunity. But in a powerful, we don't say the word ruling here, decision on August 19th in Curry v. Kentucky Cabinet for Health and Human Services. Notice that the immunity wasn't even against the Sheriff's Department. Mm -hmm. Once again, the immunity was claimed by the CPS worker. Yep. As you can tell, because she didn't sue the Sheriff's Department, she sued CPS. Why would they not want to point out that it was the CPS, JC? Don't be conned, guys. This is why would they not you, point out you, that this was the CPS? Yeah, it, the CPS wasn't even sued. The CPS did not do the strip or I mean, see, the sheriff uh, didn't even do the strip sheriff. The sheriff was not sued. It was not the sheriff who filed for immunity. It was CPS. Shame on you, reason. Shame on you.
who usually does great work yeah. and got caught up in the in the dominant narrative in the headlines. Yes. And I don't think intentionally with these guys. I don't think re- the people at Reason usually aren't like this. Clickbait but I think that got caught up in uh, caught up in this, and, yeah. and you've inadvertently made a false headline. Right, exactly, and a real false headline. Right. It, so we got it. Don't be conned by this narrative. It's all about cops. Right. It is not. So Judge Justin Walker said that it was clear. The government used an improper threat to enter the home, lacked any evidence that might have justified a strip search, and violated the children's rights to bodily integrity. He says, uh, and Act 1, an attentive and loving mother gets muffins for her children. Act 2, there's a knock at her door and a threat by the government to take away her children. Act 3, her children are strip-searched without cause. America's founding generation may never have imagined a cabinet for health and family services, but they knew their fair share of unwelcome constables. Hallelujah, maybe he's had my class. And they added a Fourth Amendment to our Constitution to protect against this three-act tragedy. Mm-hmm. There are judges out there. Don't come tell me all judges are bad. And I'm we're training judges. People don't know this, but at at Liberty First University, we actually have judges. We actually have a law professor in Massachusetts who is using Liberty First University curriculum to teach law students. Mm-hmm. So don't tell me that this truth is not getting out. Because it absolutely is getting out. And so this is a victory for our people. And this is also a victory and and, and should be reinforcement to us. Hey, you need to demand a warrant. Demand a warrant and then sue. Sue the pants off of them. I don't care what they say. Sue them until the cows come home. And they didn't even have to appeal. Yeah. I wonder if if the the. Uh, and we didn't need to demand that anyone who break anyone who violates someone else's rights be held accountable, no matter no. what their position is. Yes. Yes. This is just outrageous. Yes. I think this is this is a very very important thing. Yeah. Well, we're gonna sign off for today, guys. Sorry uh, about the battery thing. Sorry Camera's about the. Camera's not supposed to run on the battery. I, yeah. Uh, apparently the cord stopped working. Oh, great. So. Wonderful. All right, guys. Tomorrow is Friday, so we will see you for our Friday episode. God bless. Uh, see you next time. Demand your warrant, and Demand we'll see you next time.